Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show, where today I'm delighted to be joined by an inspirational entrepreneur, Richard Beast. Now, Richard has had one hell of a story. I think that's the only way that I can pull it. So first of all, Richard, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome, Carl. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, thanks. Good. So, good. Richard, tell us your story, because you could say it so much better than I can. Okay, so I uh, originally come from Bristol, and I managed to find a job in the local paper um, to become a stockbroker, which I thought was incredible. Didn't want to know what I wanted to do at the time, just knew I wanted to make money. Um, started there, did really well. For the first year or two, they said they wanted to move to London. So, fantastic. That was my chance. So, I moved to London. And uh, again, got very much mixed up in the city life. Um, was earning good money at a young age, drinking a lot, having a great time. You know, it really was um, a, a fantastic time. However, I did think I was invincible, and um, I uh, had a um, nasty little accident um, when I was going out um, uh, on a Wednesday night drinking. And uh, this accident, I guess, was the start then of me taking life seriously after I recovered and following my dreams of becoming an entrepreneur and starting businesses and moving forward. Um, but that night, it was a Wednesday night, a couple of drinks, led into another drink and another drink. Before I know it, I wake up, I black out, wake up, and I'm in a tube tunnel. Um, the first thing I see is a tube coming towards me. Now, I then black out again. Next thing I know, I'm in a little gap, which is a caveat, like a workman's doorway um, in the tunnel, and the tube's flying past me. Wow. So the tube then, uh, I'm on the floor, next thing I know, legs hanging off, fingers are all broken, my left thigh is all opened up. I look down, see the tube docked in the station and uh, on the, uh, by the platform and, you know, first of all, just thought, what am I doing here? What's going on? I need, uh, you know, I need to stay alive and I need to sure. to, to be heard, you know, sure. so I started screaming out. Weirdly, a woman had a, had a feeling on the tube that she'd hit something, we'd hit something. So she went and told the staff, staff heard me. Next thing I know, they've managed to come down took me to hospital I remember them saying Mr. Bees we're gonna have to amputate your leg I said go on just let me live and um that was it and and I, I, I recovered um and really well really fast very determined and it made me wake up and think I, I I have to knock this you know put this drinking in in control and not waste the opportunities I'm a lucky man to have the opportunity yes. I had broken yes you know without any experience before you know, I've got a lot going on. There's a lot I want to achieve. So you've sure. got to get down to it. And sure. that's what happened. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to touch on the business story afterwards. We'll, we'll do this as a game of two halves, if that's okay. Um, but we, if we start with, actually, let, let's look at the day before the accident. Mm -hmm. Okay, what, what kind of a place were you in at that point in terms of mindset, in terms of approach to life and so on? Happy. Okay. Very happy. Um, coasting along, good job, I, you know, I presume good great, income. Great, yeah. great income. You know, I was 22, earning 10, 15 grand a month. Yeah, sure. Great, you know, um, doing the job I love. I was learning about all different businesses, and uh, it was my old boss's um, engagement party. Okay. Um, and I'd got into the station without realising, and then fell asleep on the platform, and then fell onto the lines. Wow. You see, when the tube station was sure. shut. So. I only found that out two months after the accident. Yeah? Okay. It, You've actually teed me up for my next question. How much of this can you remember? Well, I remember being in a nightclub, mm. right, about 10 o'clock. I remember. I remember kind of swaying around the dance floor. Yes. And next thing I know, I'm in this tube tunnel. Now, after the accident, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? No one knew what had happened at all. Yeah. And I got into the tube station at about 12 o'clock when it was just shutting, and I wandered all the way down to my platform 
obviously with my home in Beacon on. Sure. And fell asleep on a bench. And instead of getting, um, you know, waking up or someone waking me up, I just slept till about three in the morning, got up off the bench, and then walked really close to the platform and fell on the lines. And I didn't get back up. And I walked straight down the tunnel. And they only found out after a round of videotapes. I didn't know if I tried to top myself. I didn't know if I was pushed. I just had no idea Wow. what was going on. Wow. But I was in a good place. And I actually got into a better place after. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's the wake-up call that some of us need along the way. Um, so so just to put it in context, so you... Um, yeah, you, you obviously you found you you found a little gap to almost hide in, which um, so the tube came past and I mean extremely lucky. You know, you, it's really hard to put into words. <laughs> You're lost for words you, there, I'm lost for words, but you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't heard sort of got into this gap, um, got through tube had stopped, and then I presume the rest of it's a bit of a blur until yeah. um, presumably waking up in hospital and no no well no not that bit okay. It's, I, I, the first thing is that I woke up and I was stood in the tunnel and I could see the train lights, literally the light end of the tunnel. Really? And the light's coming towards me, but it's deep. So yeah. it's coming towards me. I remember thinking, shit, what am I doing? What the hell's going on? What am I doing here? It's pitch black. Bang. Next thing I know, I've blacked out again. Next thing, I wake up and, and I come round, sorry, and I'm just stood in this little caveat. Didn't see it, it's pitch Blimey. black. me. And I Don't presume know. shock had kicked in at that point to power you through. I'm, I'm stood up in mm. this gap and the tube's just going real, you know, and I think it's only six six to eight inches from sure. the, the tunnel wall to the tube. Wow. So this was a miracle and it was a workman's doorway so they could get into the middle of the tunnel. Mm. But I'd walked 100 metres for about three hours, two hours. It was the first train in the morning. Okay. So the fact I still stayed conscious with my leg hanging off was a miracle. I was next to the live line as well, which was a miracle. I didn't touch sure. that. And it's a miracle someone heard me. And then by the time they got to me, I was still alive. So yes. I shouldn't be here. And I no. think that is a, you know, it's a one in a trillion, I think, chance. Mm. Uh, it's like a sliding door. It you know? really is. And what, what range of emotions did you go through sort of in the days and weeks afterwards when I, I guess the reality of this all dawned on you? I, I imagine it took some time. I was very high on morphine for the first few days, mm. so it was actually quite. There was moments it was fantastic, there were moments <laughs> it, it wasn't. But um, it was it was complete and utter spaced out shock of you know what has just happened, mm. what, why has this happened to me, uh, what are women going to think was one of the first things sure. that came into my head as well. Sure. Well, you were twenty two, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it actually worked out yeah better than I ever thought sure. actually. Um, but. Uh, it was a whole mix of emotions. Uh, I do remember one key bit um, which brought me round, actually, mm. was about four or five days after, you're, you're kind of in this abyss. And, I, you, you know, everything's just, you know, you're in the hospital. It's all this whirlwind. So there's no normality. And I listened, funny enough, I listened to um, Simply Red. Okay. And uh, it was Falling from the Stars. It was something I used to listen to when I was a boy my dad used to have on a Sunday. And that, suddenly, a wave of emotion came through me. And it was like, music. I'm listening to music again. Mm. This is beautiful. And it sounded so amazing, but it was just, sim you know, simply red. Sure. That was a turning point. I remember specifically then thinking, wow, wow, I'm I'm back. You know, I'm, mm. I've got a gift here. And then I, I turned it into a challenge that this is a challenge. I've now don't have a leg. I like challenges. It's what I do. So let's embrace it and take my time. There's no rush to get back. And that was something really important because once you get that leg, it's like, I want to get back, I want to get back what I'm doing. And I just took my time with it all. And and actually, for a long time, if I if I needed to get a bus or I needed to do something, I'd just let it go. Sure. You know, and just, I'm not in a rush. I'm alive. You mm. know, so I'll just take my time. So it changed your outlook on life. Yeah. Did you go back to the day job? 
Oh yeah, within three okay. months. I so went you went back, back. To, you went back to employment. Back broken, yeah. Sure. And uh, I did. And did it change day to day life for you? I was so focused. Okay. You know, it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess some people might be born like that. I think I was, but I think I needed to be turned the tap in the right way sure. and tightened. And then the, the focus then is, is the same, is more now than it was even back then because from what I envisaged, what I wanted, it's happening, you know, and I'm making it happen. Um, so that determination, I, I think, yeah, it was fired up by yes. the accident. Brilliant. Okay. And you received a bit of money. We're not going to go into details on Max. I understand you can't talk about it. And you know what? It's not going to be that interesting to talk about it. But you had, you had a bit of money and this allowed you to... Um, to start your own business. Yeah. T- tell us more about that journey because that's kind of the, the start of a second half, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. yeah. So, um, interestingly, um, most things that I read are business autobiographies mm. of dragons, people like this that have done well. And I, I do it. So, one, I'm fascinated in what they're doing and how they got there. And two, is to look at the things they did right and the things they did wrong. So, sure. I'm not making their mistakes. I'm doing right. And I happened to have read Duncan Ballantyne's book um, about how he just happened to be watching the TV one day and saw the, the privatization of residential care homes I thought care homes that's an interesting business um, so I just planted it back in my mind didn't think anything mm. more of it um, but that's that stoked the the, the, the the thought of it that, that it could be a business I hadn't really thought about it before then fast forward um, a couple of years and I bump into an old friend of mine I've not seen since I was 14 and he was uh, older than me about 17 and he'd come from care when he was 10 he was taken into care from his family he then lived on the streets but he had a terrible experience sure. and he preferred to live on the streets a lot of the time okay. than he did in care he wanted to get back into the care industry so he went volunteering and became a manager and what have you so I bumped into him I said where have you been all these years he said oh, I've been doing this but he said I've just left the industry because it's in tatters he said there's so many people ripping the the, the granny out of these these caring businesses make big money you know, get paid a lot of money to do it but it's all in the staffing and they were understaffing heavily so he said i couldn't do it so i've left and i was like okay and he, and he said um but there is big money and you can do it right rich you can do a great thing fundamentally we've got to help the kids but we can make money and i just thought this is this is great and i said what are you doing now he said i'm a builder and i'm making good money again i thought well this guy you know he can run a business he knows the care side he's ambitious so i said to my business partner you know, do you want to put a little bit of money in? And I'm talking, this was five figures. It sure. Was a six-figure thing. Sure. And we backed him. And we, we put, we, put we, we ended up putting more money in and putting everything we had in, mm. which, again, wasn't over six figures around that. And uh, it has been a phenomenal, phenomenal success. So tell us about that business now. 11 years on. It's yep. been profitable after the first year. Sure. We have expanded to five homes. Okay. We own the homes outright, and we have a private school with a preferred supplier for um, uh, children with um, antisocial behavioural problems that are taken from their families. A lot of it is, unfortunately, drugs and various sure. other things and abuse. And we house those kids for, you know, it could be from 11 to 18. We've discovered that one of our children we had was a genius, and he simply didn't want to go to school because of severe depression. Sure. We've, Simon's driven kids that come from most horrendous backgrounds from when they're 11, and he's driven them to university. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's uh, we've got for five homes, you wouldn't believe we've got 80 staff for five homes. And the the right amount is to have four children in a, in a home. They're residential homes. It's their house. Yes. And um, we then school them as well. And, and you get paid a lot of money by the government with it. But 
huge amounts go back into we have a psychologist and what have you so in the minute we're, we're raising more funds now we've got good good backing from um uh, the bank barclays and we're, we're, we're literally putting a facility in place now to start rolling out we can put a new home we reckon every six months brilliant brilliant and then you got got involved as a franchisee turned franchisor in flip out yeah now flip out for the listeners who aren't aware is a trampoline park and um, I'm, I'm really resisting the temptation for a very bad taste joke here um, about testing equipment and so on. Look, look, we won't even go there. Tell us about being a franchisee because going from being an investor and controlling the business to being a franchisee of someone else's brand, um, that's quite a jump. How, yeah. how did you find that? So we just happened to go to, we were looking around, Shawcare was taking, it, taking care of itself. Mm. Um, you know, we just had a bit of a consultancy role with it, and uh, we wanted to get our teeth into something, but we we couldn't think of an idea. Sure, you know, so you know, I've done it before, and I've it's crash and burned when you're not fully behind it. We saw Flip Out was in its embryonic stages. Uh, we came across it a franchise, so we just thought we'd have a little look. Yes, and it was going at a thousand miles an hour at the time, and we left the franchise show not going into it, never heard hearing of a trampoline park, never heard of it before to then visit in three parks straight after the show and every one of them was absolutely packed out yes. in industrial estates, no real branding. We couldn't believe it. So that was it. We were, we were hooked on it. And mm. Flip Out allowed us to actually have a lot of our own creativity. They were very flexible because they were new in the UK. Yes. So they were evolving as much as we were and everyone was going a thousand miles an hour. And that was the difference because we didn't want to go and do a subway or something like that. Where, where got, it's very rigid and in place. That's what mm. you can make and that's it. The sky was the limit for us. But in the back of my mind, I knew we weren't just going to be a one franchisee. I just knew it, you know, um, because that's not what we do. Sure. We're a business partner. So we, we, within six weeks, we'd signed up and we'd been looking for, for a store, um, for a unit. We managed to find one. Then three months that had been opened, we're like, this is fantastic. Let's get another one. So then we've got a shopping center in Basingstoke. We started kitting that out. And then it just a number of events that didn't work out for, for one person, worked out for us. And we had the opportunity to buy the um, the UK Master Franchise. Fantastic. And now we're, we're the biggest in the UK. I'm sorry, in Europe, actually. Um, operators, we've got 23 sites. We've got Lakeside opening on, on Saturday. Um, and they are state-of-the-art sites. And now that I'm in, in more control, uh, it's getting very, very, very exciting. Brilliant, brilliant. So what we're going to do now, we're going to actually have a little bit of a chat about what you've learned along the way and you know for the listeners to the show they know that i always try to extract some top tips and um some feedback what i'd like to do is talk about what you've learned about yourself through the journey you've been on so you know everybody has some form of adversity but you know clearly not to clearly not everyone has the level of adversity that you you faced with the accident what are your top tips for handling adversity and overcoming it? Um, I'm not sure whether this particularly answers that question precisely, sure. but while you were asking me that question uh, and you were talking about tips, um, the way I've described my business um, career so far is it's like a roller coaster. I mm. don't know if you think of that as well, Carl. Yes. And a lot of the time, that roller coaster, you're climbing up hills and you, 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 you're dodging corners, and it's pretty damn scary. Mm. Uh, it's pretty intense. And it's fun and as the, the numbers get bigger the ride gets faster yeah and <laughs> eventually somehow some way you get to the top and then you free fall that free fall is beautiful it doesn't mm. last long so enjoy it because then boom you're back in a trough again and you're trying to deal and yeah. as you get up the ranks in what you're doing you actually just end up problem solving yes that's all you're doing it's not even about the product anymore it's about how you're dealing with what's being put in front of you in the best way um to maneuver through it 
Um, so that's one of my top tips is the fact of stay on it. And I also think there are enough hours in the day to do what you're doing. But a lot of people only work 12 hours a day. But if you really want this to work, you've got to work 16. Yes. You've got to work 18. It doesn't matter. And I also find that hard work attracts luck. And I think a, 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 a successful person um, creates their own luck from it. And we have seen it time and time again. And things you never thought, I'm sure you've had it, you're like, how am I going to get through this? How is this going to happen? And something gets there. And I think to, to end that part off is, I have a goal and I've done it several times. I write down my goals every year and I tick them off and you know if I haven't done it I'll put it on to the next year and what have you. But you'll 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 want a point of where you want to get to, right? And you'll think, Oh, I do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll get there. You'll never do it. It like never works it's never a straight line, but you get there. You get there. Mm. And you don't know how you're gonna do it. And that's the fun of it. That's the scary bit of it. I wish it wasn't always like that. Yeah. But you do. And and that is the difference that separates it. And that's why I know these businesses are going to be hugely successful because um I'm, you know, we're so determined to get there that nothing can come in our way. That's how I feel. Fantastic. So what's in the future for you? Um expanding Flipac yep. aggressively, expanding the care home aggressively. Um, hopefully um, have an opportunity to either sell or make further acquisitions sure. to flip out. Um, and that's consuming my time at the moment. And I'm always keeping my eyes open for other ideas and opportunities. I'd like to do more um, business mentoring, coaching, um, and meet other people that can coach me and give me ideas. And that's, that's keep learning. Fantastic. So we're going to move on to rapid fire questions now. Um, so regular listeners will know that we don't plan these questions whatsoever. Um, whilst they take a fairly standard form, um, most guests don't listen through all the previous podcasts or so don't know what's coming. You've not had a list of questions sent to you. Um, but don't worry. Don't worry. It, it means you can take your time if you need to. The first question I'm going to ask you is what book is the book that you've recommended to the most other people to read? It's a sales book, and it's called Selling to Win. Okay. When I was in the brokers, um, before my accident, I read that book. I, I thought, how can I get better? You know, I recognise the name. What, what's the author's Richard name? Richard Deeney. Okay, Richard Deeney. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know him, didn't know anything about it, but I was looking around, and I thought, I need I need to learn more. Mm. You know, what do I do? So I went into a bookstore. The, the internet wasn't the same. Yes. Then. I went to a bookstore, and I saw Selling to Win, and I read it, and I applied all those principles, and things changed around for me and it was all stuff that I knew actually but sure. it puts it into context for you and and workable models so I remember that we had a large meeting in, in the brokers and I told everyone to buy it so the director went out and he bought a book for everyone there's like 40 of us interestingly um, only sort of five people read it you really know? yeah and and two of them really stuck to it and did well but a lot of other people they came and went mm. you know but it's you you, you can take a a horse to water, you know? Yes, but it, it all comes down to the person if they've got the motivation within themselves to actually develop themselves. Okay, so next question. If you were to set up a mastermind group with three other people, could be dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional, who would you choose around the table? Nikola Tesla, if I could speak Russian. Yep. Um, unbelievable. Da Vinci. Uh, just went to his exhibition a few days ago. Phenomenal bloke. I just can't even get my head around it. Um <laughs> I'm going back on a Tesla and Elon Musk as well. Fantastic. Um, it's all kind of in the same vein of invention yes. engineering, but yeah, he is he's my idol of, of idols at the moment. Brilliant. Next question. If you, uh, and I'm actually, I'm very, whilst I'm interested in every guest's answer, I'm really interested in your answer on this one. If you could go back to advise your 18 year old self, what would you advise yourself? 
take your time a bit more more in the social aspect of my life mm. and trying to constantly figure out what I should be doing and what I should be chasing rather than just thinking about the core values which is cheesy isn't it really cheesy but mm. thinking what is absolutely important at that moment of time and that's you know building a, a life for yourself a career and family and just knowing that actually it'll work out you don't have to chase everything so yes. fast all the time and that's what I'd say to myself okay um next question and this question is very personal to you H had it not been for the accident how do you think life would be different today could have been dead I really think so several people have said it to me um and that might be a bit drastic but um I, I was you know I was suffering with blackouts a lot of the time okay and obviously I was ending up and, and ending up in that and that was unique Mm. And I think it hadn't been that, it might have been something else. I think I would have lost my job in the in the broken world as okay. well. And I think that maybe the dead's a bit, could be a bit drastic, but obviously from that situation, I suppose that's why I could say it so easily. But um, yeah, I would have lost my job. And then it would have taken a while, but I would have got back up. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I can <laughs> in, tell in that. In one way or you've another. Got, you've got the spark in you. I don't, I don't think it needed the accident to get the spark. Okay, um, final question is... What is the best purchase that you've made for yourself over the last six months to a year for around 50 quid? I am still thinking. Do you know what? I haven't bought a lot for myself recently, and that is purely I've just been too busy. I haven't. I've <laughs> just consumed everything with my little boy and, um, and business. Um, Maybe buying a, a a dancing plastic toy for my little boy. Fantastic! Yeah, I've got a smile one. on his face. Oh, so Excellent. happy! What's your boy's and name? Tavian. Oh, it's bless him! Name. But th that is a, an amazing way of switching off from work. Yes, having a child. Oh, Without it really that, is. You know, you you've just yeah. So for me, actually, that was one of the best things I've bought. Fantastic. Fantastic. And where can the listeners find out more about you and your businesses? Um, Flipat.co.uk um, and shorecareresidential.com. Um, you can have a read on there. Some really interesting um, information about what we do there. Um, but yeah, come to any of our Flipats. We've got them in London, all across the country, up to Glasgow and Birmingham and Leicester and Ashford. And we've got the new Lakeside store opening in, uh, in the shopping centre there on Saturday. Fantastic. Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.